Read and hear more about important news and policy issues at ncpolicywatch.com. This is News and Views. Welcome to News and Views. I'm your host, Rob Schofield. Now that Republicans in the U.S. House have finally settled on the election of Speaker Kevin McCarthy, the new session of Congress is underway in earnest. And for new members like North Carolina 4th District Congresswoman Valerie Fushi, that means there's plenty to do, from getting constituent services up and running to mastering a raft of new issues and committee assignments to, in Fushi's case, filling the big shoes left behind by her predecessor, David Price. Fortunately, Fushi is, by all indications, up for the task. As she told me in a recent conversation, she's excited about a committee assignment that she sees as congruent with her district's high-tech economy, more than ready to do battle against efforts to cut Social Security and Medicare, and excited about the increasingly central role that African-American women are playing in leading the 21st century Democratic Party. Well, Congresswoman Valerie Fushi, welcome to News and Views. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you, Rob, for having me. There's a lot of subjects I want to delve into, but I think listeners would be very interested just initially, just your initial impressions of your first couple months in the U.S. House and what it's been like, the good things, the struggles, any initial impressions you'd care to share? Well, certainly Washington, D.C. is a different place from Raleigh in some respects, but um, governance is what it is. And given that I left Republicans being in the majority and ended up in the U.S. House, with the same situation, uh, I would say that the North Carolina General Assembly has prepared me um, <laughs> for this landscape. Um, so I, there are not a whole lot of surprises. Uh, I would think that the one surprise was taking 15 votes to elect a speaker. And as um, people you know, and maybe um, our constituents are not aware, it's not until we could get a speaker elected that we could really begin the work that we've been sent to Washington to do. And so getting that done was certainly paramount. But what I have learned from my beginning days is that uh, we are in critical times and that there is a lot that we need to do to make sure um, that the American people are being represented in such a way that they can believe that government is here to assist them. You know, we are moving through what we're hoping is in stages to the pandemic. People are still suffering. And even though our economy didn't take the hit that many of us thought it would take three years ago, there are still businesses that are struggling. There's still individuals who are struggling. And so it is our obligation to make sure that those needs are met. And certainly on the world stage, there are enough things going on that uh, we need to be paying attention to these things rather than some of the things we've spent our time looking at. I have spent a lot of my time during the first weeks establishing relationships. One of the things that I have learned in my years of service is that we get things done by relating to other people. Um, So establishing relationships on the Hill and certainly establishing relationships here in the new fourth district has been very important to me. So these last two weeks of work period in the district, they have been wonderful in in terms of me meeting constituents, meeting constituent organizations and hearing from them about what they would like to see from me as their representative. So good to hear just a tone of optimism in your voice. I really appreciate that. I wonder, I saw you were appointed to serve on the House Committee on Science, Space, and Technology. Am I right about that? That seems pretty consistent with some of the businesses and and priorities that have long risen to the top in the 4th District that you're now representing. You're happy with that appointment? 
I am happy with that appointment. And I will tell you that um, it was suggested to me by Congresswoman Deborah Ross that I consider being appointed to that committee. And um, I think that that was a good suggestion and I'm glad I followed it. And it's also interesting to know that there are three North Carolina representatives on science, space and technology. Mm. I'm on that committee with Congresswoman Deborah Ross and Congressman Jeff Jackson. All three of us serve on that committee. And um, I have also been appointed to subcommittees on um, energy and investigations and oversight. So this is um, an interesting time for that. Um, And also interesting is that I have been appointed as the ranking member on investigations and oversight. But just as important is my assignment to transportation and infrastructure. And uh, we know what Congressman Price ahead of me was able to do for this district as it relates to having a presence on that committee. So I'm looking forward to being on that committee and serving. And again, as you pointed out earlier, where we are in the nation as it relates to transportation and infrastructure, given the event that happened in East Palestine, Ohio, this is going to be a very active committee right now, as well as in the future. Yeah, we know, of course, the explosive population growth continues in the Mm -hmm. 4th District and the whole Triangle region. So one can't imagine a scenario in which transportation and and coping with that growth won't still be a top priority for you. I'm sure that's going to occupy some of your time just trying to figure out how to get the federal government to be in the mix and to help our fast-growing community cope with that. Yeah, you're talking about the ninth largest state with one of the fastest growing regions in the country. So absolutely. We're talking with Congresswoman Valerie Fushi of North Carolina's 4th District. She's our newly elected congresswoman, just completing her second month in Washington. There's an overarching issue right now that's sort of, I think, hanging over a lot of things in Washington. And that's sort of this game of chicken, maybe, that's being played with the federal debt. We we see reports now that the debt ceiling we're going to reach it sometime this summer if we don't, and maybe early in the summer, if we don't get moving here on finding common ground. The Republicans have been taking a, a very strident position about cutting core benefits and structures. The president's been pushing back saying, no, no, we're not going to go in that direction. Do you think there's a chance for some common ground? Are we going to avoid perhaps even economic catastrophe that would result if we somehow defaulted? You know, you mentioned earlier that there's an optimistic tone in my voice. And so <laughs> I do remain optimistic that that will happen. I think, you know, we all know that defaulting on our national debt would have catastrophic consequences for our country. These are our bills. We have to pay them. And so to to think that we would default on that certainly is not what I believe the is the American way. We know that House Republicans are seeking to cut spending by imposing stricter work requirements for SNAP benefits. You know, this whole notion that uh, we can do something other than raise the debt ceiling so that we can make good on our bills is just ludicrous. And I think that moving forward, that is what's going to happen. You know, I think during the State of the Union address, President Biden was, he was really great in getting Republicans to say, no, we're not going to come after Medicare. No, we're not going to come after Social Security. So with that being said, before the American public, before the world, certainly I'd like to believe that 
they have to hold good on that promise so that we can move forward and do what we need to do. I think we know that what can be done has been done. We need to move forward now and get the job done in terms of meeting that obligation. And, and we also need to remind people that Congress raised the debt ceiling three times under the previous president. So let's get on with it. Might also be worth reminding them at some point that during the Clinton years, we were actually talking about paying off the national debt when our tax structure was a little fairer. And maybe some of the people at the top were paying a little more of their fair share of taxes. But perhaps that's a conversation for another time. We're coming to the end of our time with Congresswoman Valerie Fushi, but before I let you go, I want to ask you about, there was a, earlier this week, Democrat Jennifer McClellan, uh, Congresswoman McClellan, coasted to uh, really a, a, an easy victory in Virginia's special election. She's the Virginia's first Black woman in Congress. Very exciting. You know, Black women voters have really become the backbone of the Democratic Party in many respects. I wonder if you could speak to the sort of the importance of this phenomenon and and having maybe national Democratic funders sort of step up their support for uh, Black women who are running for office really across the country? Well, uh, thank you for that question. And certainly we are all happy to have Representative-elect McClellan come on. Um, I think that her historic victory is something that Americans can be proud of. And certainly African-American women who, as you have suggested, you know, we continue to be the backbone of the Democratic Party. We continue to put ourselves out there and make those stands for what we believe democracy is all about. I think we have shown that this is a time for us to consider what each person can bring forward, regardless of race, regardless of gender, Uh, but certainly for African-American women who are now getting the opportunity to lead. This is a crucial point in our history. And I think that in this situation in particular, we need to realize that we're still talking about African-American women being the first in a a state to be able to represent that state in Congress. So I see that as progress. Certainly, I see that as something that should be continued, that we should continue to look for leadership in a diverse manner. And to be a part of that history, to be an African-American woman who left Chapel Hill and got the opportunity to serve on Capitol Hill is certainly not lost on me what an honor it is. And to be elected by residents of the 4th District, to be in that space to represent them is certainly an honor. And I know that Representative McClellan is looking forward to doing the same for Virginia, not just because she's the first but because she is qualified to lead. And so again, we're looking forward to working with her. We're happy to end it on that optimistic note. Thank you so much for your service and for your leadership. And we look forward to catching up with you again, uh, perhaps later in the spring. Please take care and keep up the great work. Thanks, Rob. Always a pleasure. Coming up next, a special two-part conversation about an important topic from the world of criminal justice that's been shrouded in secrecy for far too long. Don't go away. 